Thank you so much. Love coming here. Thanks to Pastor Dwayne and Judy and the team here. It's always a pleasure to be able to connect with you and your lead team and, and talk to you as a church. Right on, got some water. Uh, about, about why we're here. Why did God place uh, this church where it is at this time? And uh, I just echo what Pastor Dwayne is saying about wanting to, this church to be the best church it can be. Not, not because we want a good church, it's because the community of St. Paul needs Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I don't know who you're thinking of. I can think of about 10 people right off the top of my head who don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I just think, you know what? I know, I know for a fact that if they knew Jesus like I know Jesus, that their life would be totally transformed. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I'm pretty much convicted that knowing Jesus is the best decision anyone could ever make. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, 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 I've been carrying things around with me these days that I never, ever ever used to. I mean, I talked to Pastor Christopher, and he said that he used to always, he always carried hand sanitizer with him uh, before COVID. But for me, like, you know, I'm carrying hand sanitizer. I've got a bottle in my car. I've got, I've got bottles in my jacket pocket. I'm carrying hand sanitizer with me everywhere I go. Anybody else? I mean, I'm doing that. I'm, I got myself this mask. My wife made me one of these homemade masks. I, I carry this with me. And then the other day, the other day, I was in Walmart, and for the first time in like six months. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never, ever in my life, I mean, 42 years, ever gotten excited over a thing of Lysol wipes. It's never made me excited. I've gotten excited over other things, but never Lysol wipes. And I'm standing there, and I see all these Lysol wipes, and I'm, I'm like a little schoolboy. I'm so excited about Lysol wipes. I'm carrying, I got vitamin C on my medicine cabinet. I've got echinacea. I, I, you know, I, I never used to carry these things around with me uh, ever. But now here I am with some things which I call my pandemic pouch. Now, we all carry things around with us. Maybe not things you can actually physically use or sanitize yourself with. But every single one of us, we carry around things with us like our hopes, dreams, desires, we, we carry insecurities, uh, we carry regrets. Some of us carry, you know, we all carry this desire to be loved and to be needed. We carry shame or, or guilt or fear. We carry confidence or we carry knowledge or we carry love. And some of the things that we, we carry come from our past, the way we were treated, uh, what's been done to us, the way we were raised. Uh, it's like baggage. You, you might know it like that. And other things that we carry come from our present experiences, like because we're going through something at the moment, we're carrying something new or different with us that maybe we've never carried before. And some of us carry things regarding our future, like our preferred idea of what could happen. And so we carry these things with us, maybe in preparation of it or, or maybe in fear of what might come. But we are all carrying things around with us. And maybe next time when, when you have a coffee with a friend or you're connecting with a relative or you're served by the person at your bank or at a restaurant, you may want to ask yourself this question. I wonder what they're carrying. I wonder what they're carrying. 
You know, I remember talking to my auto mechanic, Terry, last year, and we're just going over some appointment stuff and when to bring my car in. And I just asked him this question, because I know him a little bit, I don't know him well, but I just said, hey, Terry, wasn't your wife in the hospital recently? How is she doing? I just asked that simple question. Well, he just began to unload on me about all the things that were going on with his, his wife and how it was affecting his family, particularly his daughter. And about 30 minutes later, we got off the phone and Terry had kind of unloaded to me all of the things that he was carrying. And just that simple caring question that I asked him began for him, the opportunity for him to unpack what he was carrying. Now, these past six months have brought a whole new uh, load to almost every person in this world. The pandemic has forced us to pick up loads that maybe we've never carried before or maybe we haven't carried in a long time. And so now we're carrying, you know, a new kind of stress for our job or our business. We carry unrest for our future. We carry concern for our children and their education. Uh, some of us carry anger for others and how they are or are not responding to this pandemic. We carry confusion by what the media or what the government is telling us. We're carrying loneliness. We're carrying isolation because, you know, we can't see the ones that we love or we can't travel or the ones that we love can't and come see us or, or even a hug or a handshake kind of seems forced and maybe we should or shouldn't do it. For those of us who have just lost a loved one, we're, we're going to carry grief differently than we've carried it before. For those of us who ha maybe have a pre-existing condition, we may carry anxiety about that differently than we've carried before. Or for those of us who are feeling confined and restricted, we'll find ourselves carrying depression or melancholy differently than we've carried it before. But we're all carrying something. And this, this pandemic has filled up our, our pouches, our containers in different and, and often more substantial ways than ever before. And so friends, let me ask you, what are you carrying today? What load are you carrying today? Because here's the thing, whatever you carry, you pass on to others. Whatever you carry, whatever load you carry, you pass on to others. And often you're passing it on to the people that you're around the most or that you love the most or that you depend on the most because you can rarely hide the things that you carry. So if you carry regret in your life, you'll pass on dissatisfaction and unrest. If you carry stress in your life, you'll find yourself uh, passing on short-temperedness or a curt type of tone. If you carry unforgiveness in your life, guess what you're going to pass on? You're going to pass on bitterness. Sure, you may think that you're handling this load just fine, but others always will be able to see it. Now, the Christian faith offers an amazing opportunity in situations like this. They call it the great exchange. And, and really, you can find it in Matthew chapter 11, 28. This whole idea of exchange that, that Jesus calls us to, understanding the loads that we carry and what we're to do about them. Jesus declares, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy with burden, and I will give you rest. Wow. Doesn't that sound awesome? 
right? He says, come. He says what? Come. All of you. Who? All of you, right? No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no, no matter what load that you might be carrying, no matter how heavy you might think it is, Jesus invites us all to come to him and you will find rest, reprieve. Are you tired this morning? Are you feeling weary after sending your kids back to school in these last few weeks? Are you feeling unsure or insecure about your future or your job or what's going to happen tomorrow? Find rest for your soul. And the second part of that statement, and this is where that idea of exchange comes in, is he says to take my yoke, so take what you're carrying, give it to me, and take my yoke now upon you. And a yoke, I mean, sure you know this, is like a harness for cattle or to pull a cart for some farming equipment or whatever. So take what you're pulling and, and that load and take my load and put it on you and now you pull that. You exchange it for what Jesus is going to give you. You take the things that you're carrying and you exchange it for what he wants to give you. And so you take your heaviness and you exchange it for his lighter load. You take, you take your weakness and exchange it for his strength. You take your mistakes and you exchange it for his grace. You take your shame and you exchange it for his love. You take your guilt and exchange it for his mercy. You take your fear and you exchange it for his peace. You take your sadness and exchange it for his joy. And you take your hard heart and your unforgiving heart and you exchange it for his everlasting love. We're all... We're all carrying around stuff with us. So what are you carrying around in these pandemic days? And what are you passing on to others? Now, in this season, I'd like to suggest that we actively look into our pandemic pouch. We actively look into what's inside the things that we are currently carrying right now, knowing that what we carry, we pass on to those around us. And perhaps if we find ourselves carrying more negative things, more things that aren't of God, more of the things that are of our own burden, rather than accepting his yoke and his burdens, then maybe we would take some time to exchange those things this morning so that we could make a positive, hopeful, and impactful change on those around us. Because what you carry, you pass on. It's kind of like when you go to that restaurant that serves ribs, and you have some ribs, and your wife comes home, and she says, where were you for lunch? And you say, you went to the sandwich shop, and she goes, no, you didn't. You went for ribs, didn't you? Why? Because that aroma. And it's the same thing with us. What we carry, we pass on. And so in this time, what are you passing on to those that you meet around you, to those that you uh, um, connect with on a regular basis? Because we have the power just by what we carry to impact the world in a positive way. I, I was reminded on Wednesday the power of, of a positive life. A picture of her behind me, her name was Rihanna. 
And at age nine, she was diagnosed with cancer. And if you want to uh, Google Rihanna's bucket list, and when she was diagnosed with cancer, she made this bucket list of all the things that she wanted to do. And the whole city of Edmonton began to surround her and, and find ways to make those dreams come true. And she shared that joy with people. Well, she passed away the other day, four years after she was diagnosed. And although she was a person that was carrying unimaginable burdens, she somehow found a way to pass on love and hope and joy to all those who came into contact with her. This, this memorial service was absolutely beautiful. All of the words, all of the things that were said about her were all so filled with hope and positivity because of her faith in Jesus Christ. And she was a positive force in the midst of a very distressing time in her life. And I was reminded once again how you and I can choose what we carry. See, because we have that offer from Jesus himself, that great exchange that says, come and take your pressures, come and take your burdens, Jeremiah, and lay it on me, and I will give to you my yoke, my burdens, because they're easy and light. You see, we need to understand that Jesus wants to give us what we need for life. My favorite verse is found in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. It says that his divine power has given you everything that you need for life and for godliness through the knowledge of him who called us for his own glory and goodness. He has given you everything that you need for life and for godliness. Everything I already have. Why? Because he's given it to me. And so if I participate in this idea of this great exchange that I talked about, if I lay down my life, my guilt, my shame, my mess-ups, the things I do, he will not only give me a, a, a fresh start, but he will give me a new heart. Completely and totally changed. And now as I, as I walk around in this pandemic, now I start thinking about the things that I carry with me that, man, you know what? If he's given me everything that I need for life and for godliness in this time, then, then maybe the things that I pass on to others could impact them in positive ways. And so instead of, you know, carrying around fear, I could carry around faith. Instead of carrying around despair... I could carry around hope. Instead of carrying around selfishness and self-centeredness, I could carry around generosity and selflessness and love. And not because I'm so good and I'm so smart and I'm so perfect. No, it's because on a daily basis, I'm participating in this great exchange where I'm taking the fear that I have and exchanging it for the faith that comes from Christ. I'm taking the despair that I have and exchanging it for the hope that comes from my relationship in Jesus Christ. I'm taking the selfishness that I, I, I carry and exchanging it for the kind of love that Jesus Christ showed me. Because everything that I need for life and for godliness is something that he has given to me and to you. And you know, friends, many of us, we carry around fear with us right now. Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of the government, 
Fear of some deep state conspiracy? Yeah, I said it. I know. <laughs> and if you're carrying that around, like I get, I get why you would, but I want you today to exchange that fear for faith. Because when you carry fear, you pass on distrust. You pass on judgment. You'll find yourself judging people a whole lot quicker when you walk in fear. You'll pass on avoidance. You'll stick your head in the sand and say, you know what, forget about it. I'm not, I'm not even going to pay attention. You see, fear makes you say, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? What's gonna ha-? You're constantly asking, what's going to happen to me? And fear puts you on the defensive. It paralyzes you. I get so many calls asking me, pastor, are we in the end times? Pastor, are we in the end times? Friends, let me tell you something. Ever since Jesus Christ left this earth and went into heaven, We've been in the end times. And the whole point of Revelation and this idea that the, the apocalypse is not to scare you, despite what my parents tried to do. It's to actually instill you with faith. The book of Revelation is the, revel- the whole title is called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And at the end of that book, what you're supposed to be doing is not being afraid of all of the things that you see, but it's to recognize that Jesus Christ is victorious. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Worthy is the Lamb to open the scroll. And no matter what chaos you see in the world around you, Christ is in control. You know what I'm saying? And if you read that stuff and you get afraid or you're watching different TV preachers and you're getting afraid, you're missing the point. The point is to renew and revive your faith. And so fear says, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? But faith says, what is God doing in the world? What is God doing in the world today? Fear is small-mindedness, but faith is when you see the big picture. Fear paralyzes you, but faith releases you. Fear pulls you back, but faith steps out. Fear distrusts. But faith places trusts, not in people or not in government or not in systems, but in God, the creator of heaven and earth. You see, faith says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because you are with me. So you have to exchange your fear for faith. And when you do that, you start passing on confidence. Confidence in the creator of the world. People look at you and say, so what are you so positive for? What are you you so full of? I'm full of faith. When you exchange your fear for faith, you begin to pass on belief. Belief in something greater than yourself. People look at you and say, there's something different about that person. Why? Because they, don't be- they haven't put themselves as the center of the universe. They believe there's someone bigger who cares more. When you, when you exchange your fear for faith, you pass on humility. You're more humble. Why? Because people of faith have realized that it's not about them. They know the big picture. And so what if instead of being distrustful 
or instead of pointing fingers or promoting fear or conspiracy theories on your social media accounts? What if you lived in such a way that told everyone, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I'm not afraid, I'm full of faith. So the the things that you did and the things that you posted told people, I'm not afraid, I'm full of faith. Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, gives us this idea, a very, a very uh, a succinct definition of faith. And faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And you see, although you can't see much, if anything this has taught us, we really don't know what's around the corner. We are absolutely sure that God has seen it all. So don't carry fear, carry faith. Another thing that we carry is despair. Job loss, economic uncertainty, grief, isolation, it all culminates in us feeling this sense of despair. Like, how are we going to figure this all out? How is it all going to work? And when you allow yourself to carry around despair, despair brings hopelessness. And hopelessness brings helplessness. And that's so tough when you carry that around with you. Like when you feel that there's nothing that you can do to help yourself, or when you feel like there's nothing that you can do to help other people, you know what begins to happen to you? You begin to feel purposeless. So despair leads to this sense of, I've lost my reason to live. What on earth am I even here for? If I can't help this person or if I can't help myself, what's the point of going on? And despair will make you feel like you have no purpose in this life. And friend, that is a very dangerous burden to carry. One of the, most, the best-selling books was written by a pastor named Rick Warren. It sold millions and millions of copies. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. And the reason why it sold so well and, and did so well is because the book was trying to point people to the reality that they were created on purpose, for a purpose, and trying to show them in in language that anybody could read and understand that there was a God who loved them and created them according to his purposes. And it reminds us that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you've come from, no matter what is currently happening in your life, you are created by God who loves you and has a purpose, and your life absolutely matters. Did you know that this morning? You matter. You matter to God. Your life matters. And so instead of carrying around despair, and this is really hard to do, we need to carry around hope. We need to exchange despair for hope. You see, hope says you're not alone. Hope says there is a better day coming. Hope says we'll get through this together. And friend, I want to guarantee you today that there are people all over this region that need hope. They need hope. And hope, you can give hope by just texting someone. Even right now, I don't mind. You text someone and you say, hey, I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you right now. 
Hope is when you share good news stories or scripture verses or positive comments on your social media. Hope is when you actually do something about the thing that causes you despair. So if you're frustrated by racial inequality, what are you going to do about it? If you're frustrated or you're feeling hopeless about the economic situation, go support a local business and champion them and post on your social media and, and help them out. Go and do something by activity, not just fret about it or moan about it. Volunteer at the food bank. Help a neighbor move. Watch someone's kids uh, and help them with their homework or start a small group or go and clean up the community or support a local business. I want to give you a very simple way that you can offer hope today to somebody. And I, I, I want to challenge every single person, every single person, no matter the age, to do this this week, okay? You ready for it? And online too. You don't get off just because you're online. Just ask one person this question. How can I pray for you this week? Now, they don't have to be a believer. They don't. They can be anybody. Just ask them, how can I pray for you this week? And no matter what they say, because they're going to say all sorts of different things. Some may say you can't. <laughs> Some may say, well, I don't know. Just pray for everything, which, you know, that'll take you forever to do. But whatever you do, just say, okay, I will. I'm going to pray for you. You may find yourself getting into a spiritual conversation with somebody, or you may find yourself just, okay, I'll pray. But then you're going to follow them up the following week and let them know that you did indeed pray for them. Say, how, how are things going? And friends, here's the, the beautiful thing about the great exchange, other than the fact that it is this exchange, and it's amazing. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's big enough to take anything on himself, He's not going, well, okay, I'll take that burden, but no, that one I can't handle. That one, you know, no. Jesus is big enough. His shoulders are broad enough to take anything that you bring to him. Anything that's causing you despair, you can bring to him, and he's big enough to take it on himself, and he's loving enough. He loves you enough to take that burden on himself. The greatest form of love is where someone sacrifices themselves so that you can have a better life. That's the greatest form of love, and Jesus does that. You know what that means? That means that you are so loved. You're so loved. And I know you may not feel like you're loved all the time, and I know you may not even think too highly of yourself sitting here today, but let me tell you, friend, you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. You're not forsaken. God knows your name. You're not worthless. You are not uh, at the end of your rope. And if anything I've come to do this weekend, I believe God sent me here today to tell you, friend, that God loves you and that he created you and that he has a purpose for you on this earth. And no matter how hard it's getting right now, and no matter, you know, no matter what you're going through, as long as you still have breath in your lungs, he's not finished with you yet. So carry around that hope. Because when you carry around hope, then you'll pass on purpose. When you carry around hope, you'll pass on promise. Promise of a better day ahead. Promise of something more. Promise to know that, hey, God's not done with you yet. 
You may know this verse in the Bible from Jeremiah chapter 29. You may have it needle pointed on a pillow or on your fridge. And if you don't, it's a great verse. But the context of this verse is God is talking to a dejected and and, um, defeated and relocated people of Israel. He's not talking to people who feel like they're winners at the time. He's talking to people that are experiencing downright hardship. And he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And they're sitting and they're going, really? How does that look? Plans to give you a future and a hope. And that promise doesn't come when everything is looking up in sunshine and rainbows. That promise comes when the sky is dark and things look bleak and we're carrying around despair. And God says, hey, give that to me and let me give you hope. Let me give you hope. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 reminds us that you are God's masterpiece The Greek there is poema. You're his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things. I want you to catch this. Do the good things that he planned for us long ago. This kind of sounds like the second Peter scripture verse that I mentioned to you, right? That he's given you everything that you need. So he's saying, no, no. Yeah, you were created new in Christ. Why? So you can do the good things that he planned for you. You see, God already has your number. He already has a purpose and a plan in mind. And he wants you to be created new in him. Why? So you can accomplish the good works that he set out to you, for you to do. Not just the things he came up with yesterday, but the things he came up with years and years and years and centuries and millions of years ago. You are not an accident. So you carry around faith, not fear. You carry around hope, not despair. And finally, I want to challenge us to carry around love, not selfishness. You see, this season, when we're in crisis, what we tend to do is we, can t- we tend to get inward focus. We tend to go into survival mode and think, uh-oh, what's happening to me? What's happening to my family or my acquaintances? And this is just human nature. This is what humans do. When things go wrong, we get into this you know, fight or flight survival mode mechanism and we say, I'm going to protect me and I'm going to protect my own. And this really is the opposite of what we should be about, right? If you uh, were on social media and if you remember... Uh, you, you probably saw a lot of the pictures of what was happening at 9-11. And when you see these people going to, 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 to these buildings that were being destroyed and, and, and giving their lives so that they could save others. And we think that is the best form of humanity, isn't it? When you see that happening. And that's really what we should be about. Because if you read those last few verses with me, and you truly believe that God's given you everything you need for life and godliness, and that you believe that you were created anew in Christ to do good works, so if you believe that God's the one that's given you everything that you need, and that you you were created by Him so you can do good works, then why would you keep anything to yourself? It makes no sense. 
It's like if you had all your debts paid and all your bills paid and you never wanted for every, anything and then you went and won that crazy 50-50 Oilers straw that they had <laughs> and you decided, I'm not going to give that, I'm not going to make a difference with that money at all. Even though you were totally fine financially. Would that not seem downright selfish to you? Of course it would. And so... When you carry around with you this survival, this selfishness, guess what happens? You don't care about anyone else but yourself. Now, I want to read you a passage of Scripture this morning that comes from 1 Corinthians 13. It's on the screen, but it's going to be insanely small. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to, to that. Because we typically read this verse at weddings, but I want to read the whole chapter to you for you to really understand what the author is trying to do here, what he's trying to show you is that there are lots of things that you could get hung up from on and, and cling to, and even godly things that you think, oh, that's, that's where it's at. But Paul, the, the writer, is saying, if you don't have love, then you have absolutely nothing. Paul is trying to make the case here that we need to love above all things, and that this type of love doesn't look like what the world would define as love, but it really is a selfless love, a love that because of what Christ did for us, that we put others ahead of ourselves. And so if you have it in your Bibles, and again, you, unless you've got laser eyes, you probably won't be able to see that. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I wouldn't have gained anything. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy, it's speaking in unknown languages, and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, those partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, we see imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So Paul's saying, you know, you can, you can go ahead and, and think about all the, the religious things in your life. And you can say, you know, you've got faith to move mountains. But if you're not carrying around love, then you have nothing. You see, love compels you to give. It compels you to forgive. Love 
has to take action. It's patient. It's kind. It is not self-serving. It is not rude. It is not proud. It is not boastful. Love will cause you to prefer the person around you above yourself. And when you carry around love, you pass on compassion. You pass on gratitude. You pass on generosity. Love passes on forgiveness, and it, and it passes on empathy. Don't you think this world could use a little bit more love right now? Hey? And this is the ultimate message of the Christian faith. John 3.16, Tim Tebow put it on his eyebrow thing, you know? John, for God so loved the world that he gave. So he loved so much that he gave. What have you given away this week? What have you given away this week? A smile? Your time? Maybe some of your finances? A kind word? An elbow bump? Or maybe some elbow grease? Right? Friend, you always have something that you can give. You always have something. It doesn't have to be anything big. You can literally just go help someone move a couch this week. You always have something to give. And guess what? There is always somebody that needs you. There's always somebody that needs you. So what can you give away this week? You know, when you carry around love, you could very well be the answer to someone's prayers. Did you know that? When you carry around love, when you walk out of here in a spirit of loving, you could very well be the answer to someone's prayers. Prayers. Because remember what I said in the beginning, that we're all carrying around something. Everyone you meet this week is carrying around something. And when you lovingly ask them, how are you doing? Or you say, hey, how can I pray for you this week? When you show love, you remind them of God and his love for them. You remind them of this idea of the great exchange, that whatever you're carrying today, I can help you with that load. Whatever need that you have today, friend, if you need to uh, have someone to watch your kid, or if you need a couple bucks, or you need me to go get your groceries, I can, I can do that for you, and I can help lighten your load. It's, a, it's an example of what Jesus Christ offers to us in this great exchange, that his yoke is easy, and his burdens are light. So this week... We have our, what we have in our pandemic pouch is not just hand sanitizer and, and masks and Lysol wipes, but let's carry around faith. Let's carry around faith that helps people to see what's going on in the world is bigger than themselves and trust and believe. Let's carry around hope and not despair, that you have a purpose. You have, God has a plan for you. And let's carry around love and not selfishness. I don't know if you caught the, the, the end of that line in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. You know, in the Lakeland region here, I believe there is a deep need for a group of people like y'all, for a church like yours, to offer these things to everyone. To be a church that represents faith, hope, and love. 
not just as a place where a bunch of people come on Sundays to consume some religious goods and services, sing a couple of songs and hear a sermon. No, but to be a place where everyone in the Lakeland region would be invited and welcomed to be a part of this family. You call yourself the Family Worship Center, right? Who is a part of that family? Is only just you? Wouldn't it be amazing if everywhere you went in these next few weeks, you were welcoming and inviting people to become a part of this family? Well, what happens in a healthy family? We put Christ at the center. We have faith. We encourage one another for better days ahead. We have hope. And we love one another unconditionally. You see, if you're here today and you've participated in that great exchange already where you've taken, you know, the things that you've done in your life and you've exchanged it and you've accepted Christ and followed him and you're, you're, you're here or you're watching online, you know what you get to do? You get to invite others to do the same. You get to share the love that you've experienced with those around you. And if you're here this morning or you're watching it online and you, you haven't follow, decided to follow Jesus, that's not something that, that you've ever done or, or something that you're currently doing, let me just remind you here in these closing moments that there is a God who made you, who formed you, he designed you on purpose for a purpose, and because God loves you so, so much, he wants you to walk with him in relationship with him every single day. Now, this may be the first time you're hearing about this, or this may be something you've heard maybe when you're a little boy or girl, but let me tell you something, that Jesus Christ, God's son, he came to earth because God loves you. He died on the cross. We sang about it earlier. Why? Because God loves you. To take your mess-ups and your hang-ups and your hurts and your habits upon himself. Why? So you don't have to pay that penalty. You did the crime, but he paid the time. And he takes that upon himself today. So why? So your burdens and mess-ups and anxiety and shame and guilt is upon him. And in exchange, he wants to give you grace and love and freedom and hope. And a life that says, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ forever. And any person who's, who, who would call themselves a Christian in this place or online has done the same thing. Where we've been going down our own way. I'm the master of my own fate, the captain of my own destiny. And at some point, we realize that we hit a dead end and we turn around and we say, okay, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus, even when he leads places that are scary, even when he leads places that are hard. I'm going to follow him with my whole life. I'm not going to hold anything back. It's a whole 180 shift. And this is what I'm calling you here today to do. Because God loves you so much. So whether you're online or you're here in this room, I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. And we're all going to pray this prayer. And it's not a magic prayer, okay? It's just, it's a confession of faith. We're basically going to say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I want to follow you. And so we're all going to say this prayer together. Whether you're at home or watching this online, wherever you may be, whether you're here in the room, 
If this is something you would like to do this morning, to say, you know what? I want to have that. I want to participate in that great exchange. I want to take the things I'm carrying and exchange it for what Jesus has for me. I want to invite you to pray this prayer. Why don't we all just bow our heads and close our eyes? And again, I'm going to ask everyone in this room to repeat after me. And if this is the first time praying this prayer, please pray this prayer along with us. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking all my sin and all my shame and for giving me freedom. I ask you to be the center of my life. I will follow you for all my days. Amen. That's a simple confession of faith. And if you did that today, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, if you're online, you just have to type yes in the comments to say, yes, I I did say that prayer. And someone is going to pick that up and contact you. And if you said that today and you want to come and see me after or come and see Pastor Dwayne after, that's what we want to do. We want to walk with you because what you've just done is taken the first of a thousand steps where you said, you know what, I'm going to make that turn now, that declaration, and I'm going to start following Jesus. And so if that was you this morning, and maybe you're here, you're like, man, I wish my friend would have been here to hear that. (laughs) Invite them here next week because every week we want to present the gospel. We want to give people an opportunity to respond because we believe that knowing Jesus is the best decision that anyone could ever make. So what are you carrying around with you here today? I want you to all stand with me, and I want to pray a prayer over you. Why don't we stand together? And all I simply want you to do is put your hands out in a posture of acceptance like this. Just put your hands out in front of you as if you're about to receive something or you're about to give something away. And I'm simply going to pray a prayer over you today, a prayer of blessing. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, I'm carrying that stress. I'm carrying that grief. I'm carrying that fear. I'm carrying that despair. I just simply want you to name what it is you're carrying and say, I give it to you. Just right now, just say, whatever it is, I give it to you as I pray. So Lord, you see every hand, you see every head. You know every single person in this room and who's watching online today. And we've come here today in a simple physical posture of acceptance where we say, Lord, We want to exchange the negative things that we carry around with us. We want to exchange the fear and the despair and the selfishness that are sometimes so easy to carry around with us for the things that you would have for us. And Father, I ask that you would come to each person today, Lord, and remind them that you love them. Remind them that you have a purpose for them. Father, whatever uh, we're we're carrying today, whatever we're struggling with, or whatever uh, we're about to go through, you know You know each person here. You know the number of hairs on each head. You know the number of tears that fall. You know everything about everyone. And so, Lord, I pray that you would comfort each person here and watching online, that you would remind them, God, that you love them, and that you would carry those things that they they lay their burdens upon you, and that they would pick up and exchange, Lord, your grace and your freedom and your mercy and your love and faith and hope and all of these things that you desire to give us. 
Lord, bless each person here as they, as they head out this week, as they send out a text or ask someone how they can pray for them. Lord, as they share love, as they bring hope, and as they uh, expound faith in their community, Lord, may they see what you're able to do with their lives, how they can make an amazing and positive impact on those around them. We commit them to you, Lord, and pray your blessing upon them and their families in every way and in every day. In Christ's name I pray, amen.